right, we are live from Nashville, Tennessee. Woohoo! Hey y'all, it's Emma. Welcome back to the Hod Pod. I am so excited you're here today. This is episode four, coming to you live from my closet. Yes, it is a crazy time here in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, today is going to be a little bit of a different episode. Um, I've been thinking and praying and wanted to just chit-chat, her, turn on the mic and yeah, just kind of be real with y'all. Um, yeah, I'm going to share a little bit of my story for this episode and yeah, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think the idea for this is just kind of a little coffee chat with Emma. Um, I know those of you that are listening um, are mostly friends um, and people that I care about. And I'm not really sure um, the rest of the audience. I know this summer, um, yeah, I've just been, the Lord's been calling me to walk and to speak. Um, and I just wanted to share a little bit of where my heart's been at um, in kind of going through this summer on the hot pod if you're following along um yeah to just check in um maybe I'm calling it coffee chats with Emma um with the idea of when I share my story you'll kind of understand just the idea of wanting someone to kind of sit down with me and tell me um how to follow Jesus has always been a part of my story um I say it so much to my friends but I've just always been like I wish there was a book for that, or I wish someone would have told me that, or I wish I could write a book about that, because I wish someone taught me that, you know, and so I hope um, if you're listening that th- that can be a resource, this can be a resource to you of just like, what does it look like to go through this life? Um, that's the point of heaven one day, um, just processing, really just working out our salvation, my salvation with fear and trembling and bringing you along with, so that's kind of the idea. I want to start us out today. If you got your Bible, if you're on your walk or um, drinking coffee or in your car, I'm um, going to be settling in Isaiah 61. Um, that is my life verse, <laughs> life uh, chapter. <clears throat> Recently got it tattooed on my body. Um, but yeah, I will just kind of start there and yeah, let me pray in too, I think, just to kind of settle my soul. But thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for, um, yeah, whoever's listening, um, <laughs> thank you for their soul. Um, I don't know where they find themselves today, but you know, um, and you know my heart, Lord. And so I just pray that anything I say would uh, give you glory. Um, yeah, thank you for dying for me. <laughs> And thank you that that's everyone else's story on this earth, that um, your death and resurrection is um, abundant life on this side of heaven and that you went to the grave um, so that I could live. And I just pray that you would um, speak through me and anything not of you would fall on deaf ears. In Jesus' name, amen. So the story of the Bible goes a little something like this (laughs) in Genesis. God made the heavens and the earth. Um, it took him seven days to create life. And on the seventh day, he made a man named Adam, and he declared that it was good. He said it is very good. 
and then he said it's um not good for man to be alone so he created eve and adam and eve walked in the garden in the cool of the day with god um and it was abundantly beautiful and one day the serpent came and the serpent um, tempted eve and said you know god gave them the opportunity to eat of anything in the garden um except for this one tree the tree of life and eve chose to eat the apple um and Adam made it too. And from that moment on, sin came into the world um, and created a lot of brokenness. And so Adam and Eve were shunned from the garden and called to work the ground um, and women to give birth to children. And so all throughout the Old Testament, we see just this brokenness that's come into the world Um that feeling they get when things are not the way they're supposed to be, um, that came into the world. Uh, Satan, huh? he was the angel of light, and he wanted to be like God. Um, so much so that he convinced us, man, um, to be like God. And we think that we can be. And so that's what sin is. Sin is, some people call it missing the mark, some people call it, hitting it fast um but that is that is what sin is um and so yeah all throughout the old testament we see these people come along trying to get it right just striving 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 we see david we see esther we see the kings we see elijah um abraham god makes promises um to his people he says you know, I'll lead you out. I will, you know, lead you beside still waters. Please just come to me. No idols and constantly, constantly sin is just coming back. And it's causing a divide between um, God and man. And so finally in the New Testament, a man shows up who can do the job. His name is Jesus. And he was fully God, fully man. And in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see yeah, we see Jesus um, show up in a way that is not like um, we thought. The people of the time were looking for a savior to save them um, politically, um, to save them from political unrest. Much like today, we want to be saved from political unrest and we want to be saved from from things and such. But Jesus didn't come to do that. He came for our souls. And in Matthew 5, he gets up on the Beatitudes, the Mount of the Beatitudes, and he says, Blessed are you. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will see God. And so he has this up down, upside down kingdom that he starts and he finds 12 little friends when he's 30 years old. He grows up just like a baby, has feelings, emotions, um, finds 12 friends, tells them about who he is. He is dunked in the water. He's baptized by John the Baptist. And in Luke, Luke 4, I find the cross reference to my life first, which is Isaiah 61. Um, but Matthew 4, it says, Jesus returned, Matthew 4, 14. Jesus returned to Galilee, Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. 
He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now there's a beautiful depiction of that, um, the Chosen TV series, um, that if you haven't seen it, it's uh, absolutely radiant the way um, that actor portrays Jesus in this segment. Also a great a great resource if you're looking for um, just trying to view Jesus as, as a human being. Um, if that's something you struggle with, with like reading the Bible, it's an awesome resource to just kind of see Jesus as a human and walking around and having sneaky feet and <laughs> sweaty pits. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of what Jesus did. He came and he claimed to be God and that was difficult for people to hear because he wasn't coming the way that people thought he would. Um, and I guess that's where we find my story. Um, not that I'm Jesus, heck no. But the Matthew 5 kind of thing of blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, Jesus also says that <laughs> you can't enter the kingdom of God unless you come like a child. So I'm literally just sitting down with you and having coffee and telling you what Jesus is teaching me right now. But also I want to give you the context of my life scripture. So I'm going to read the whole thing. Um, it, three years ago, actually, that's a lie. Actually, it was this past summer. I, I don't know that I actually asked God what my life scripture was, but... I had been walking through a lot of, I mean, I'm constantly, I think this side of heaven, we're constantly processing our stories. I think we never stop because suffering never stops. And we will definitely be talking about suffering in in this episode. And I think moving forward for sure, because um, that's what a lot of my story looks like. Um, but I want to read to you Isaiah 61. Um, but I'll tell you where this came from. Um, I was serving at a camp last summer called Honey Rock Camps. It's a leadership development school in Wisconsin. And I took some time to be with the Lord um, away from my campers. So I went into this, <laughs> this little, oh gosh, it was like the climbing gym, I think, of the camp. And I sat with God at lunch and was like, here you go, God, I want to hang out with you. Um, instead of eating. So tell me what you think about me because I'm hungry for you. Um, and we sat there um, and he kind of just, the spirit took me through just places in my life where I just felt so broken and alone. And the song Jubilee by uh, Maverick City Music was playing, and he just said Isaiah 61. And so I was reading Isaiah 61 and started weeping, and 
yeah, ever since then, it's just kind of proven to be what the Lord has done for me. And the scripture has kind of just always shown up um, in my story, but I will read it for you. Isaiah 61, the year of the Lord's favor. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the renewed cities that have been devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will walk your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance, and so you will inherit a double portion in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness, I will reward my people and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes the sprout come up, and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the Sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. I'm going to read Isaiah 62 as well, because they kind of go hand in hand. Zion's new name. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet, till her vindication shines out like the dawn. Her salvation like a blazing torch. The nations will see your vindication and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal didam in the hand of your God. No longer will they call you deserted or name your land desolate, but you will be called Hephispa in your land Belua. <laughs> Bushing those, but for the Lord will take delight in you. And your land will be married as a young woman marries a young woman. As a young man marries a young woman, so will your builder marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. I have posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. They will never be silent day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest. And give him no rest till he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his mighty arm, Never again will I give your grain as food for your enemies. And never again will foreigners drink the new wine for which you have toiled. But those who harvest it will eat it and praise the Lord. And those who gather the grapes will drink it in the courts of my sanctuary. Pass through, pass through the gates, prepare the way of the people, build up, build up the highway, remove the stones, raise a banner for the nations. 
the Lord has made proclamation to the ends of the earth. Say to daughter Zion, see, your Savior comes. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. They will be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And you will be called, sought after, the city no longer deserted. Wow. <laughs> so that's talking about God's people. Um, it's Isaiah, written for the Israelites, kind of as hope um, in their darkness and their, their straying. Um, but it's a promise to you as well. And me. <laughs> Got it tattooed on my body, so it's pretty pretty good promise um yeah I guess I'll begin (laughs) I feel like I've already done this but I just yeah I just wanted to give context I think and I wanted to talk about redemption but I let I'll let these scriptures kind of ground me but yeah um It's weird. I think sharing your story is so vulnerable. Um, But I think there's a certain call um, when I've been wrestling with the idea of redemption. Um, Not wrestling. (laughs) Like what on this side of heaven um, do we get? And then what happens fully on the next side of heaven? I think my whole life has kind of been in that tandem. Um, I was raised in an evangelical church, and so we're actually talking about um, the church next week with Jackson DeRose. I'm so excited for you guys to hear that and um, his story and just his wisdom on the church and his call to that. Um, However, not however, (laughs) just in general, I was raised in an evangelical setting, and um, that kind of looks like just, you know, speak the name of the Lord, um, you know, that, that kind of prayer, like say the prayer and, um, you'll be saved. Um, and I've always kind of wrestled with that when I was five years old. Uh, here's the story. <laughs> here's the story. When I was five years old, my brother came home from vacation Bible school. I could cry actually thinking about this. <laughs> he came home from vacation Bible school and he said, Emma, I want to tell you something. And I said, okay, tell me. So we got some fun dip, razzle dazzle fun dip to be exact. <laughs> and we went out on to our trampoline. Um, and he said, I want to tell you about Jesus. Um, and I said, okay, <laughs> me as five-year-old, just eating my green stained lips, um, eating my fun dip, green stained lips. And um, he said, we're going to pray. Um, and this is what Jesus did for you. Um, and so I prayed with my brother on the trampoline and I always say that's just the beginning of the Lord's story for me. Um, I like to think about Jesus as, (laughs) as a best friend. Um, if you think about your best friend, when you first meet your best friend, are you best friends? No, (laughs) it takes you a little while to be besties with someone, right? You got to get to know their favorite color. You got to get to know what they love, what they don't love, their little quirks. Also, Jesus is perfect, so let's be clear there. But um, 
yeah and so that was kind of like our introduction I would say when I was five um yeah grew up in the church evangelical space um went to the vbs's went to all of the things loved loved life um lived a good life growing up um started doing musical theater in the fourth grade started realizing that my gifts um were for performing and just um love making people laugh um and love laughing <laughs> i've always wanted a full life and so yeah that e- evangelical space is kind of where I, I found myself in i would i would worship i led worship at my church and was just super super involved loved god like i loved god from a young age i just was so passionate about him like i always wanted to know more i I remember leading a Bible study with my mom when I was in sixth grade. We were like, let's invite the girls to Bay Local. Shout out Virginia Beach. And we would just go ham. We'd be like, how do we follow Jesus? Like, I love him. Um, He's so awesome and so good. And I think over time, like as someone who's raised in the church, I'm sure if you're raised in the church, you can relate. I kind of never really got the gospel. (laughs) I like, I got it. But like, you know, he's just always there. It's kind of like a best friend you've always had. You're like, wait, how do we meet? I don't really remember. (laughs) And so that's kind of my relationship with Jesus. Kind of was always just like fall back on him, fall back on him. Um, And so, and I think that's great. I think there's such a place for that. Um, and I'm really grateful for that time in my life where it was just me and God and I was doing musical theater and having a ball. Um, yeah, I'm just so grateful for the way I was raised. I'm grateful for my parents for raising me in the church and, um, yeah, it's, it was a sweet, sweet life. It was, I'm being so dramatic. I'm literally 21 also. Like I need to quit being crazy, but anyway, um, yeah, so (laughs) Um, this is, who gave me a mic? This is crazy. Anyway, so, yeah, I kind of was raised in that worship space. Um, yeah, I, I really loved God. I was always a passionate worshiper. Um, always the one that was, like, dancing in the back, like, what's she doing? Just because I think that's the way I was wired. Um, not I think. I know that's the way God wired me. I love to dance when I worship. I love to sing loud. Um, love music, obviously. And so that's been a big part of my story of just raising the evangelical church. Also, let me qualify evangelical because I know my brother and I use this term all a lot. And everyone's like, what does that mean? Which we will talk about it next week um, with Jackson and get all the definitions. However... Um, evangelical is kind of the space of, uh, East, West, never eat soggy waffles. So Eastern Christianity, um, is kind of a communal space. Um, in Jesus's time, following Jesus kind of looked like, you know, waking up, going, you know, the Acts church and Acts, like they kind of all did life together, eating bread together, kind of breaking bread together, doing life like that. And then they would kind of break out in pods and do that kind of thing. And, and Christianity was so communal. And so if you look at the Western church and the way that we are in our Westernized world, Christianity is really, um, I heard it at a conference this past week. Uh, it is very, uh, individualized. And so Christianity in, um, and a lot like things in America is very individual. It's how do you feel? How do you, how do you relate to God? What's your quiet time? How does that look for you? And so I think my whole life, I kind of 
got in the me, me, me mindset um, and was just like, how do I learn more? And obviously there's such beauty to that. Like so grateful for my story and I've had so much life to be able to be like, I just want to learn about God. Like, tell me more. Kind of like David, just like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry, God, feed me. (laughs) And so, yeah, I just became really passionate about him and just fell in love with him. Like, he's just so good, y'all. Like, there's always more to his face. Like, and I'm a super emotional person. I'm a four on the Enneagram. And so I just love Jesus. Like, I would love to just like, I mean, I want to be in heaven, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I don't know. He's my best friend. I think a lot in my life, emotionally, my whole life, I kind of grew up in a lot of loneliness, um, just kind of being the only girl in my family. And, um, yeah, I realized that I had a lot of big emotions growing up and God could handle those, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And so God just became my best friend in that, like, I don't know. I guess he just became the person I would go to when I didn't have friends. Um, and I think that's why it's so hard for me to share my story, honestly, is because he's just, it's like trying to share your, you know, marriage with people. And you're like, I can't really explain, like, Exactly. And I'm also a four, so I'm trying to make be understood. So there is that as well. <laughs> anyway, all that to say, um, yeah, you guys know my young life story. I kind of went through that. Um, yeah, I walked through a lot of loneliness in high school. Could never really fit in. I feel like I went to a school for the arts. I think I've said this before. And so I was super, super busy, um, but loved Jesus and, you know, made time for youth group and those kinds of things, but could never really find, um, that community I was looking for. And, um, yeah, I think I've said my, my church here on this podcast of just kind of losing my community my senior year. Um, it was really hard. Um, and I, I want to do it honor and justice, I think. Um, but I, I, yeah, I kind of lost. I kind of was chasing, a, you know, I, I struggled with loneliness my whole life. Um, you know, was living in I was protected in the the Christian home aspect but I always just wanted I wanted more and I knew Jesus was the answer to all of that more but it was like this emotional chase uh, for more Um, and so I'd look to that in guys I'd look to that in in people I looked to it in all the wrong places and I, I mean I looked to it in the church and um when the church came out from underneath me, I, I kind of was just left with, well, what if the church isn't gonna, you know, accept me? Like what, what are we, what are we worshiping? And so I guess I want to speak to anyone listening that's been hurt by the church. Like I'm grieved with you. Um, it's annihilated me all. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I share that not in a place of um, shame, but in a place of, it's hard. It's hard when people who say that they love God um, hurt you. And so, yeah, that's a big part of my story. Um, because I am so passionate about the Lord, I kind of put this expectation on the church to um, be something that it wasn't. And I realized the brokenness of humanity for the first time my senior year of high school. I'm sorry if I'm not being clear. My senior year of high school, I left the church that I was going to. And I was met with a lot of brokenness. Um, And brokenness is promised on the side of heaven. We're talking about the enemy in the garden. Um, And it left me with a lot of questions of... I'll list you the questions. (laughs) It was... How do people who say that they love God treat you um, in that way? It was how do people who promise to be there for you um, leave without saying a thing? Um, And it was a plethora of things. It wasn't just one thing. It wasn't just one person. It was like, I think oftentimes that happens um, in life. It's never one thing. It's, you know, my uncle passed away or my uncle got cancer. This happened and I was, you know, left the church and I didn't know what I was doing with my life. I was in 40 million shows also. I wasn't eating and it was just a crazy time my senior year. And I hit the ground, y'all. I just hit it and I hit it hard. And I think that's, that's life. Um... And I didn't know where to turn, honestly. I I told you guys about the Upper Room podcast. I would literally just wake up and be like, Lord, if you're still with me and I'm still alive, then I'm going to keep running for you. And so that's what I did. I promised him. I said, I won't leave, but I don't understand. Um, And I just want to say for anyone listening, if you don't understand that's okay. The Lord is okay with your questions. I've got plenty of them, and I want to be clear, I still got plenty of them, even though I love Jesus and I'm on fire for him. This world is broken, and it does not make sense sometimes, and I wish that I just wish, this is why I'm having this conversation, is because I wish that someone would have taken that child, that 17-year-old girl, and said, you don't have to figure it all out. You know, you can ask questions. And I think that's the hardest part is that I didn't let myself ask questions. I tried to to wake up every day and push through. And the Lord's sovereign in that. Psalm 139 says, He knows me more than I know myself. And that's knowledge too wonderful for me to attain. But in that place of brokenness, you kind of, you kind of slide through. And that's what I call the peace of God kind of fell. That's what I say when, when trials and tribulations happen. I, I believe that the peace of God falls Um, and you don't know how you get through those hard times but you do because God's Isaiah 61 says he's near to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit and that's my story he was near um, to my broken heart um, broken for a lot of reasons Um, and 
yeah, from that place, I kind of moved forward, um, which I want to play this song at the end of um, this, or I'll link it. I'm not sure if I can, but it's called Moving Forward. I want to read it to you because I've been meditating this week on the idea of redemption because this is what I was trying to say earlier. I don't know if I said it, but redemption in life this is me. You're just having coffee with me. So I'm just telling you what I'm learning. So no promises. Everybody take this up to the word of God. Seek out your salvation with your own fear and trembling because I could be wrong and I want to say that. I don't want you to look to me. I want you to seek the scriptures for yourself. I want you to seek your own community. I want you to find who God has made you to be because I'm me and you're you and I want you to discover who Jesus is in you so that you can go and spread this gospel because this isn't about me. It's about Jesus. But all that to say, um, this song is called Moving Forward by Colony House. Oh, Redemption. Sorry. You're getting the real raw Emma. It's like this. My heart is beating. My soul is hooning. Um, so it goes like this. I found life. And I found laughter and forgiveness. I found rest. On the shoulders of redemption, I found hope when hope was dead. I could lose it in a moment, so I dare not close my eyes. I'll watch fear fall with the sunset and see hope rise with the tide. And when the pain is true, sometimes these troubles prove that I'm alive. My eyes are open, my heart is beating, my lungs are full, and my body is breathing. I'm moving forward, I found my freedom. I found the life that gave me reason to live. And that reason is Jesus. And so I hope I'm making sense. But the moral of the story is that things aren't okay in this life. And as Christians, I think it's so easy to say, I'm renewed, I'm redeemed, blood of the lamb, Holy Spirit is with me. And I've been harmed by that in Christianity, I think, because while that is true, what we call the already and not yet tension that we live under we are we are already heavenly beings but we are not yet heavenly beings <laughs> we are already saved but we are not yet you know working out our salvation like we are in this tension and I think that's my story is finding this tension and how do I wrestle that out um, and I think that's the answer I think Jesus is the answer actually but I think wrestling is also if you've ever read Genesis 32 it's a good one it's my favorite um let me read it <laughs> Jacob Jacob wrestles with God Genesis 32 22 that night Jacob got up and took his two wives his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok after he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. I think it's daring to wrestle with God. I don't think you should do that. But I do think you should wrestle with your questions. 
I think for so long in my life, I thought that I had to have it all together. And I also thought that I was wrestling with God, <laughs> is what I thought. Um, and that's, that's, I think, the thing that I'm learning right now is that I'm not wrestling with God. I'm wrestling with these questions because God is good and God will always be good and God will always be God. And I think it is so important as us in Christianity today to take a step back and say, this is not about me. This story that God is writing in my life is not about me. And I'm so frustrated, I think, by the narratives that I've learned over time that Christianity is about me. And I just want to rightfully put that out there, that Jesus is the only thing that this story is about. I could share with you what's been done to me. I could share with you the hurt that I've been through. But I just don't think that that does the justice that it needs to because then you would be feeling bad for me. And I just want to be clear that Jesus was the man of sorrows. Jesus knows what it's like to grieve. Yes, I've been through sorrow and heartache and trauma and and intense pain and abandonment and emotional abandonment. And I could list all, all of it out. I've been addicted to all kinds of things and you know, have been, have been hurt. I've been grieved, you know, and and it still hasn't stopped. My family has been, you know, grieved and hurt and this life, it's just, it's gross sometimes, but I, I want to hit home the point that there is redemption on this side of heaven and the next. And I think that's the thing that I'm wrestling this week. And I just want to share that with you. I, I don't want to say anything. I want you to seek the scriptures for yourself, but I just want to encourage you that there's redemption in your story on this side of heaven. And I'm living in that right now. And I think I'm living in that tension of suffering produces endurance and righteousness and steadfastness and hope. And um, when we count it all joy that we face trials, I think when we count it all joy that we face trials, it's a difficult verse. The book of Philippians is written by Paul in prison and I think for so long in my life I wanted to follow Jesus and I wanted it to be easy and I said this to my mentor actually so long ago and I'm just saying pray and seek the Lord for yourself but be careful what you pray for because I um, <laughs> I was like nothing is hard in my life when I was 17 and then I turned the corner and hit the hardest season so I say that to say that hard times are going to come and it's it's not about when or what they are it's about clinging to Jesus in the secret place for when they do come and that's been my story of just returning back to the secret place he's the only one I trust I'll tell you I, I don't trust people I don't trust you know men I don't trust I have a really hard time trusting people from what's been done to me and I think that's why my relationship with God is so deep and so wide. And so I guess if you're listening today and you find yourself of like, I'm running. <laughs> you should read the book of Hosea. There's also a book called, um, oh lordy, what's it called? Uh, it'll come to me. But it's about the book of Hosea. It's a book. It's a story, fictional book. I actually would highly recommend it. Um, it's a movie as well. Reckless love. No. Redemption love. No. Restless love. No. Restless love. See, if I was at coffee with you right now, 
I would now take out my phone, which is what I'm doing. What's it called? Redeeming Love. Oh, it's Redeeming Love. It's such a good book. I would highly recommend. Read it last year. The Lord took me through Hosea. Weeped. Because God is a personal God. And he is desperate. Oh, beloved. He is desperate for your heart. He's desperate for you. He loves you more than anything on this earth. And he is violently pursuing your heart. Violently. Don't run from him. He will redeem every place. Isaiah 61 is my story. And I, God gave me that verse when it wasn't my story. When I was in the middle. I, I experienced a broken relationship in my life. Um, in high school, I lost a, a really, really good friend. We were spreading the gospel together. We set each other on fire. Um, and I lost her as a friend. Um, and, and I just was so, so, so grieved by the reason I lost her and just incredibly grieved. Um, and I don't know if you've lost a friend before, but it's the hardest thing because it makes you question if you're enough. And I just want to say that when everyone left me, <laughs> Jesus was my friend. And so if you don't have a friend today, I just want you to know that he's a friend. He's my best friend. I go to him for everything. I wouldn't be who I, I can't even speak. I have so much trauma, y'all. I can't even speak sometimes without him holding my head and saying, I love you. 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 I'll never stop loving you. And I weep because this life is horrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not being so exciting on this, but I just want to be real because no one was ever real with me. Following Jesus is hard. It's so hard. Don't sign up for it if you're not ready. But I will tell you, it's the best thing you'll ever choose to do. Because Jesus is awesome. And I say that all the time as a joke. And it's not a joke. He's my best friend. Like, he has been there when every single person I know and love has betrayed me and left me. And you know why he's my best friend? is because Isaiah 53 says they left him too. He was stricken, he was bruised, he was left by his friends. And that's why Jesus is my friend. It's because he knows what it's like to be betrayed. He knows what it's like to have his body um, forsaken by men. Um, he knows what it's like to be hurt. He knows what it's like to be hurt by people who say that they love Jesus. I just want you to hear that. Jesus knows what it's like to have his body hurt. to have his life hurt by people who say that they love Jesus. I am called in this life to instill healing in places where there has been brokenness. And that is what this podcast is. And I just want whoever is listening to know that you are seen, 
you are known and you are loved beyond a shadow of a doubt and I just want to tell you that if you're in your car I want to tell you that if you're on your knees I want to tell you that and I want to create a place where you can encounter Jesus and so please join me this summer follow me on Instagram follow heaven one day don't follow me please don't follow me follow Jesus but like cling to the words of this of this gospel because this is the only thing in this life that will ever satisfy you ever i've tried it all i have tried it all oh my lord i have tried it all nothing satisfies porn will never satisfy you lust will never satisfy you sex will never satisfy you men will never satisfy you nothing in this life will ever drugs will not satisfy you alcohol will not it will never ever 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 be enough nothing will ever be enough i promise you i promise you and if you got to go down the road a little longer, I trust the grace of God. But on the day that you hit the ground and you're listening to this, please know that Jesus is not mad at you. Don Four, the woman at the well, that can be your story too, and it's mine. He knows how many husbands she had. He knows that she was just forsaken and she he chose for her to be the first woman first person to tell the entire world who he was read John 4 please it's so good but oh geez weeping over here Four on the Enneagram. This is a weird coffee date we're having. <laughs> but, um, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> All that to say, he sees you and he loves you and he's not going anywhere. He sees you in your sin. He sees you in your pain. And he's still chasing after you. And that's my story. Be encouraged today. Go seek him in the secret place. I'll recommend a book for you. It's called The Secrets of the Secret Place. It's so, so good. Changed my life. I read it as a Devo in the morning. Just spend time with God. You don't have to do anything. You just open your Bible and you say, Lord, what do you want me to read? Start in John. John 1. He loves He loves you. John's my favorite book of the Bible because... Why is it my favorite book of the Bible? It's my favorite book of the Bible because, well, John was the beloved and I relate to John, but his words are so descriptive. And that's the good thing about the Bible is that there's books created for you and your personality type. That's how personal God is. Is I love John because of his, his language. I love the Psalms because of the way that the language is. And I love Job because it's poetic and it's all these things. And if you love knowledge, read Matthew. If you love to know things, read Paul. He's so he's such a brilliant writer. And and scripture says that, that it's all God breathed and, and he and he, he gives it to you on a platter and he says here here read my word please read my word i just want to sit with you he's not he's not mad at you he's not asking you to be anything but yourself he loves you and i just hope that if you can take anything away from right now if you're in your car 
on a walk. He loves you. And I I just want to reflect the love of God. Everything else will work itself out. Get involved in community. If you know someone that loves Jesus, text them right now. Say, can I get coffee with you? Can you help me work out my salvation with fear and trembling? This gospel is good. God is good. He will never leave you or forsake you. He hasn't left me. There's going to be a day when it all gets better. Spoiler alert. If you want to read Revelation, that one's the best. (laughs) Because that's the real party that's going to happen. But that's why we cling to these words. And I hope that's clear. I think I've maybe said it a little too much. But Revelation 21.4. There will be a day.